It's time for the Team Bear Sports Podcast. season in the books but guess what team bear podcast is still here for you and we're here to break it all down and jackson is hot but before that let me introduce my other co-host kevin weir you know i'm tim here and we're ready to go we're talking about the season here jackson why are you so hot what's going on because the mccaskies are the worst family in the state of illinois (laughs) i mean (laughs) that's Yes, in, in our eyes, but I'm sure there are plenty other like. I I I tweeted this out yesterday that George McCaskey is the ultimate trust fund kid. I mean, he won he won the sperm lottery, and that's why he gets to run the Bears. Because his brother died. I was telling Tim this before it. you got in, Jack. I was like, how how like weak is the McCaskey just like gene that it takes such a badass sperm of. George Hallis, like you got Papa Bear, you got a badass like person in there. And then, I love George Hallis. What's the want, what's the McCaskey my, gene doing that? It just my, gives my you former George McCaskey. My my future dog, like I want to name Hallis, right? I think George Hallis was an innovator and someone who obviously played the game, coached the game, was an executive. Like we can go on, we can do our own podcast on how awesome George Hallis was. I don't know. Like, who did Virginia marry? Because obviously Virginia is more Hallis than anybody, and she's, what, just turned 99 last week? You know? They're just, they just never take hey, responsibility. she's very, very disappointed, though. Yes. But, like, <laughs> she's 99. Like, what else do you want her to be? You know? Like, she's not going to come out, you know, fuming. You know? Yeah. So I, I did some research. The, 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 I only watched about 10 minutes as I texted you guys the other day. I unfortunately the, the, watched the, press, the whole thing. So. You, I would, I would, I th- I'd rather go get a root. I, I was, I, I was doing busy work. <laughs> I was doing busy work. So I had to keep it on the extra monitor and I was enjoying it. Cause some, some reporters were ripping him to shreds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum. You watch the whole thing, Jackson, you watched a little bit. I watched zero percent of it but, but you knew what know gonna, you knew what he was gonna say i it watched the like, whole i watched the whole exit interview last year when with the naggy and uh ryan are our football guys so like that was bad so i kind of already knew like how it was gonna go down but this my wife my wife doesn't understand again. why like we even give a shit about what this guy has to say i'm like because he's an idiot and we have to <laughs> we have to blame he's somebody not even the first idiot in the family his brother was an idiot too and like when he said, he said this. He literally said this. Like the the board of directors want me to stay on. The head of the board of directors is your mom. Is your mom? She's yeah. not gonna fucking fire you. <laughs> but I mean, that's what because right before that, he he said his whole criteria for you know getting rid of these guys, uh, Nagy and Pace, is because the wins and losses weren't there. You know, the, the losses, the, there's too many losses and the wins weren't there. So then one of the reporters asks him, if we're going to judge that, your entire tenure here, you've lost way more than you've won. Yes. Why, so why, don't, why don't you recluse yourself 
why don't you recluse yourself from this? And that's where he said the board thinks that I should still be here. Here's the board. The board of the Chicago Bears is made up of eight people. Virginia McCaskey, George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, Brian McCaskey, Ed McCaskey, Patrick McCaskey, Andrew McKenna, and Pat Ryan. And Ted Phillips. I already said Ted Phillips. I Ted Phillips might should as well have saved be, it for the end for that. He, he should be a, a McCaskey just in name only. But five out of the eight board members are McCaskey. 63% of them are. No shit you're not going to get fired. I'm sure there's no nepotism in that at all. Just, it's all. Why, why can't you just be an owner that doesn't do anything? Just isn't isn't that do what dream? you said? Do what you said. He said, "I'm a fan, not a football evaluator." Okay, fine, be a fan. Like that's isn't, here's cool. the dream. Here's so the not thing. Be, a, be an owner and not like do anything. Just like enjoy the game and see the yeah. money raking. And, and here's the other issue that I have with the whole "I'm not a fan." Like we all know you're a fan. You're not a football guy. And I personally like. I don't know how you're not a football guy because you've, you've grown up around it your entire life. You're the bloodstream of George Hallis and the Chicago Bears. You're the first family of the NFL. Like, how the fuck are you not a football guy? But whatever. Then hire people who are. Right? Like, admit the mistakes that you've made the past 15 years and, like, correct them. Like it, well, and you know. start off you start off with correcting it by saying that Ted's not going to – the new GM's not going to report – to yes, Ted anymore, and they're, he's only going to report to me. But then Ted is involved in the hiring process. What Ted, that makes no sense. sense. It's the same thing as 2015. Yeah, um, where we lost Bruce Arians because Ted thought it was a good idea to make him do a mock press conference. What yeah. does that have? To, what does that have to do with and anything goes, about and winning? He goes to the Cardinals and they're successful. And now he's in Tampa and wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because you, you had you. Oh, and and again, just reading. Even obviously, we didn't like the hire in the long run. But I don't know if you've seen the the like what Ryan Pace has come out and had and said, or basically inferred, where he wanted Nagy that entire time, or he wanted Nagy in the entire interview process. But Ted kept inserting himself into all their conversations, where they had to have secret meetings and like secret steak dinners where they couldn't invite Ted because they just. Like, think about it. It's two dudes who love football and then some and nerd. No football. Yeah. Right. And, no and football. some nerd who's just trying to butt in. And it's just like, dude, we're just trying to be guys here and have a couple whiskeys and talk about football and, and realize if we want to work together, stay out of it. Just everyone knows a person like that, not in this grand scale, but like who isn't the athlete of the group or isn't the smartest of the group or whatever, whatever the thing is that like you share a common just like right. relation with with a group of people, and that one other person who's not really as good as everyone else always tries to overcompensate and give their two cents, but no one is fucking asking for it. Teddy, Ted, just be the funny guy, say something funny in the room in the interview room, and that's just it. Pay, just that's... pay the people, pay the people, and make the new stadium. That's your job. Finalized but contracts. Still going to be involved stadium. in that, and then Soup Campbell is going to be involved in everything. So I like Soup Campbell. And no, and people did. It just was funny. The way George McCaskey says Soup Campbell, yeah, is, it, it's yeah. not cool at all. It's it's very anti-cool. Yeah, I would change my nickname now hearing that it, guy I say it. I feel bad. I wrote down Soup Campbell. I'm Gaspacho wrote, Campbell. And Tanisha Wade, like, I kind of feel sorry for them because, like, they come out with probably, like, they're younger. They, you know, they're fairly new to the organization. They know how the organization works, though. Like, you probably have different business ideas and where you want to take the company. And then you got to, like, listen to old school Ted Phillips just 
Like, and, and yes, they do go get a football guy in Bill Polian, but he's 79. I, I what you know? Yeah. Why? I saw I saw a report thing. about Polian saying that last time he was like making a, a comment about the draft, it was that Lamar Jackson should play wide receiver, and it's like you don't want to hear stuff like that coming from a guy you're hiring to make a, a crucial decision in your organization. But that's drafting, and this is hiring a GM, so. You never know. It, it's it's hard to kind of. It's just every uh, Bill Polian still he's he knows a lot about football, absolutely. But he still seems like a guy who wants a good old boy and the back and, slapper. Yeah, and and that's what's that's what's absolutely crippled this franchise. Right. And then to to for him to say that they're they're going to try to hire the GM, but they're they will hire a coach if if the right person comes along. That's when you, it's it's fucked. Well, isn't it isn't it crazy that like the the Bears have an example in their own city of what it takes to restart and rejuvenate a franchise? Like they John have Pat- They have they have three, you could say. Oh, absolutely. I guess the most recent yeah. one being the Chicago Bulls. Like John Paxson came out and said, "Hey, he took like a, a step back and was like, hey, 'Hey, I'm not good for this position. I need to take a step back, take a different role, i.e., like the Ted Phillips position.' And then they hire two new guys who are very forward thinking. They get a previous coach who was a um, head coach at a different in the NBA before, and then they go out and get just players to fill the positions that they need, veterans, they draft well. It's just like they had like can you not see that re- like just refreshing everything at the top and it trickles down to everything else in the organization? They ha- it happens with the Bulls, it happened with the Cubs with with uh, Theo, it's ha- happening with um, Rick Hahn and the White Sox, like you can see what it does in an organization, but the Bears are just so stubborn and boneheaded that they just can't get out of their own I mean, you, you look at like the Blackhawks and the Blackhawks, were, I think they're very similar to the Bulls with like the Wirtz family. I know. don't really want to talk about the front office of the Blackhawks that allowed some guy to get oh, raped no, in their uh, locker room. So I, I don't, I'm not going to point to them as a, shining example of how it's supposed to be sorry no, i'm gonna they're not. i'm gonna veto that on this show. i'm vetoing that on this show sorry on the business side no 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 joe paterno no no on the business side they were never on tv i don't think you got a right? choice you're gonna hear it yeah they were never on tv they opened up the pocketbooks and they spent money which they never did now you could say all the allegations that came out 10 years later yes horrible but same old school mentality, just, oh, we'll do our own way, never have anyone question or challenge. And that's the problem with the McCaskies is like they are so afraid of how they're being judged, but they don't realize that they're being judged all the time. And it's never positive. Reinf- like they don't understand. Like, well, they, hated, town, they hated Mike Dicka for getting the limelight. You know what I mean? They just, they, they want yeah, well, they yeah. want to always be recognized. And I didn't know about this story. Did you know, I, I heard this today and I did some research on it. I, I forgot to write down the guy's name that Jake Duran wasn't supposed to be the original coach after uh, Dave Wanstead. They hired another guy um, who was like the Arizona uh, defensive uh, coordinator Mike McCaskey told him all your staff is going to be a one-year deal, but tell them it's a four-year deal. Don't worry about it. What? 
that's like some like small business, like struggling to stay afloat type of deal that they're given these. Or the guy these found out and quit immediately. Good for him. Yeah, that's the. And then they had a I scramble, and that's how they got Dicter on. I forget the guy's name. I, I I saw it today, and I should have wrote it down. I, I mean, I but I don't have. It's to not do, the I don't. I don't have to do any research to know that you're pro- that 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 happened. <laughs> it did happen. No, I'm it saying, did. But like, I don't. I don't question it. <laughs> and I should question it because that. Can you a, imagine? Like, a, can you just imagine like Mike McCaskey, like sitting like I, I imagine like a giant like boardroom and telling the new coach like. Hey, yeah, just remember, don't tell any of your new staff, like, and just like rush in the conversation and be like, yeah, like tell him it's a four year deal. It's actually a one. And then he's trying to get out of the office as quickly as possible before the guy realized like what happened. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll be fine. <laughs> and this is, this is a charter franchise in the biggest, biggest <laughs> league in all of sports. And they're doing this. What? I mean, it sounds, sounds I mean, weird. George, it sounds be, like their family are liars fair, and they just, they just called one of our best players a liar. To be okay. fair, George Hallis was known as very cheap, too. Um, he didn't like using free agents, and he didn't like doing things around, like, as much as an innovator as he was, he was known as a person who would throw, like, nickels on, like, um, what, what do they call? I forget the, the analogy, but he was very a, a penny pitcher himself. But, if, I mean, but, if you think about that strategy, just, like, not using free agents, like, you can win in that in that regard in the NFL today. Like, the Packers, they don't really spend big on free agency. They draft well. Yeah, but they, they're also not, like, a major media market. <laughs> but, but, I mean, back in those days, too, it's different. with the It's harder, yeah. And still. He, 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 that's different problem, than saying than lying to coaches. Hallis's saying problem getting a was in the, 60s, years. in the 60s when the game was really changing was that he thought he could just win on Sayers and Buckus. And just I'm, like not have a quarterback or like not have a wide receiver. That's also an era where your the the local milkman could afford a home and be a, the only one working uh, for a family of six. So yeah. being a pe- being cheap it, at that age, we're still uh, you know different. probably paying someone a little different. It, it's, yeah, you know it's nowhere like near what your grandson is doing. Like, hey, tell him it's a four year deal. It's only a one year deal, and then you know running out of the office. Yeah, the same era that every every uh, starting cornerback is also a, a bagger at the grocery store. Yeah, so, just like Jackie Robinson used to sell like cars in the off season. <laughs> it's funny that we start start off with this just because, and you can tell we want to talk about this because it's relevant. Um, There's and it so much, ha- and, and, and it just, just it, a- it just happened yesterday. But the funny thing is, we've all forgotten that uh, abomination we saw on Sunday. Yeah, that, man, there was a game I'm more that happened. About this. I think I'm more pissed about this. Oh, yeah, but I, yeah. I, I don't want to talk about the game that much because it was terrible. But here's the thing. I, the the, the game crazy sucked. thing was, the, the, hold on, before you even say this, the funny thing was my dad didn't listen to our last episode. I just was on the phone with him. He listened to our last episode today, and he was saying how funny it was because everything that we said that we didn't want to see in the game happened. happened. <laughs> and, and there was also no Colcomet touchdown, which obviously yeah. you know how that went. So, I mean, if we had, if I mean, if we had this breakdown the game like into one overlying point, it's why are we not giving David Montgomery the ball, and why is he not on the field on fourth and one opportunities? Yeah, the only guy who stuck up for Matt Nagy this entire season publicly, David Montgomery, and then, he took a chance on him. Yeah, and yeah. he. And he straight up gets a zoom in on his face on the second, fourth, and one where there's a sack. Like, what the hell are you doing? What was it? Like, they had, what, 
three fourth and ones or something like that. And they took two sacks and a pick six. Like, geez, and the, what? And the one sack was like a 20-yard sack. Oh, like, what? <laughs> How the Vikings, are you the taking going to kick the field goal right there. Drop back. What I mean, are you doing? It was Matt Nagy saying F you to everyone. And my system works, and it doesn't. Um, under 20 points, as as we uh, love tallying. Put another and, notch in the belt. You know what? We were up by 14 points, and then blown coverages. Uh, I mean, Jalen Johnson not like tagging someone. Like yeah. week one McCaskey against. Even, like, it, when McCaskey sees it, he he commented on how Eddie Jackson didn't do that week one, and then obviously Jalen didn't do that the week 18. Yeah, it, 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 it rubs off. It rubs off, and then there was that what the Justin Jefferson touchdown where like. Yeah, what the fuck happened there? Eddie Jackson. Eddie was having a you know a decent game. As soon as I texted uh, after the Jalen Johnson no touch, I said, "Oh wow, great hustle by Eddie Jackson." Yeah, three points guys, later. He he just went to shit after that. So it there were so many things like, and we I think we all felt decent going into halftime. Like I know that we gave up a score going into halftime, but we're like, hey, like we had the lead, like we're actually playing okay. And then I went grocery shopping and I texted you guys saying, "What the hell happened?" Because they were losing, and then they scored it immediately again when I turned on the game. And just, I our offense is like it, is like it it, it 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 all it was that game was like if you blow into a whoopee cushion a little bit, and then instead of letting it all out at once, you you know how you like pinch it on both sides and you just let it go. It's doing that, and then right when it gets to the thirty-yard line in the red zone, it just—it just—it's deflated. It has nothing well, I, left. I, I can't even remember how who scored our touchdowns. Montgomery got one, I believe. Yeah, that was it. Can we you, scored can, one touchdown. You, no, we had seventeen. We had seventeen points. Don't we lose thirty-one seventeen? Yeah, but we had we had two field goals, and then we scored a touchdown with a two-point conversion, and then we scored a field goal. That's how we got it. Yes, yep. we, we Man, only I scored got, one touchdown. I really have to quick drinking. Yeah, that, that adds up to 17. It's I, 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 don't re- I don't remember how they they scored. It, if, yeah. That press conference and obviously Nagy getting fired, that just, it's over. The Nagy era, the Visorman era, the, the Ryan Pace, well, we're just going to have to do this. We no, longer have to, we no longer have to search for the wise I'm sure we'll have some other you know so meme funny? for our new coach. I saw a video. Um, it was like a motivational video on Twitter today, actually. And it was a man named John Smith, who is a two-time gold medalist for the United States in wrestling. And he talked about like owning up mistakes when you lose. And like someone asked him, like, what do you think about like why you lost? And he goes, I don't give a shit why I lost. It's like I found ways to like come up with different ways why I need to get better. And he's like, I don't think about the why. I just have to do it. I have to understand it and do it and execute in order for me to win. And it's just like, wow. Hey, George, here's a video you should watch. <laughs> I was thinking about this after the after the game and how just poorly it ended. Do you think Matt Nagy gets an opportunity to work in the as a coordinator or in some no. aspect in the NFL? I think how? so. No, I would say yes. He's because okay, Mark 40, Trussman worked for the Ravens. He's understandable. understandable. He's, only 40, he's only 43 years old. I just think that it's going to be a while because, like, you t- you anchored yourself to offense. And then if he's not going to he, be a, if he's not going to be a coordinator, 
his position coach, if you don't give, if I, and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he a quarterback's coach before being an offensive coordinator? I believe yeah, he was, it was yeah. Okay, like how, who is going them. to let him, who is going to let him, because, do you know like, what, what, do you know what, what I'll say is he'll, if he, he'd have to get demoted to a position's no, coach. Do, do, you do you know what happened? Do you know what happened? What? He'll go to, like, a major college program, maybe not, like, the biggest one, but let's say he goes, like, a, like, like a power five and let's say it's like a UCLA or something and they have a really good year and you know, he just kind of like works the college way back and then goes back in the NFL. I just don't, I mean, I don't see him getting an NFL job. My, uh, does he, he's only 43. Does he get his $5 million we owe him if he gets an NFL job? Is that part of his contract? That Ted I'm, I'm asking. Up. I just I feel like that was a I feel like that that'd be a Jackson question. Does he get his five million dollars if he gets another NFL job? I have no idea. I don't want to read the contract Ted Phillips wrote up for him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like Nagy's perfect for like a college like building team morale and all that. Like yeah, no, he really up. is. It's like the first two years you're you're bought in, and it's like the last two years you're like oh, it, it, it's like he's a poor man's Joe Madden. You know, Joe, I think what, hap- what, hurt, what hurt the Cubs is like, you know, your first three years are so great, and then the expectations start sinking in, and then once things start going bad, it kind of like implodes. Same thing happened with Madden, or with Nagy. It's just like they, they didn't win at all. Yeah, except that Madden was a proven winning manager. and I mean, there's yeah. pick and choose anything, but yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, good, good, a good coach when you're playing well. But not when you're not. Not when not when you're you know on a five game losing streak in the middle of November and you need to win to stay alive. Yeah. Right. You uh, look at the past and he, three. And he said that in his in his post game conference or his, in his post game uh, press yeah, interview. Yeah, George isn't wrong about that. No, I'm talking about Nagy's. Oh, I didn't. Nagy to. said Nagy said that he he said it, when you're at, when you're on a losing streak, it's up to your players to bring you out of it. And, uh, did you guys see said, the? Any, but but not like that. He he was saying like he could see it. He he was actually praising like guys like Eddie Jackson and Montgomery and stuff like. He's just like these guys are going to be leaders that can pull this team out of a losing streak. Yeah, that's future. that's that's fine. But like two player, you know, only a handful. Of, you can't win a, a football game with like a handful of players unless you don't have like a generational talent. The worst part about it was in his post game interview. He mentioned about how the future is bright because we have these rookies. And he mentions Jenkins, Larry Borum, and Thomas Graham by name. And I was like, you didn't. <laughs> you can't. You're not allowed you, to say them. You didn't, you didn't play them. <laughs> you didn't play all three of them at and the most critical play, times. And, then, and, and we're, this is a Larry Borum podcast. I'm sorry, Larry. Larry was getting his ass handed to him on Sunday. And our coach didn't help him at all. Well, did, yeah, did, yeah, you see the, uh, did you see the did you see the tweet or the article about James Daniels' comments on that? That's Nagy? what I was kind of t- taking a segue. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Daniels. go ahead, take it away. No, yeah, go ahead. You brought it. All right, so basically, Jack uh, James Daniels mentioned that he's saying I'm noticing in the league all these like high-paid, like top-tier, best tackles in the league are getting help, chip blocks from backs, whatever it may be, and. Right. Uh, Jason Peters, 39-year-old Jason Peters, is doing it alone. So it's like it's basically Nagy's not offering any help to a position in need being left tackle because Jason Peters is 39, obviously not what he used to be, and all these other tackles are getting help even if they are considered the best of the best. Yeah. So 
I, I think once know, again, it proves here, that here's the issue. Yeah, here's the issue that it. you're overvalued. Like I've said this day one, we overevaluate our talent. Jason Peters will be a Hall of Famer. I think we can all agree. But 39 years old, going against a 26 year old, let's say whoever pass rusher, yeah, he's gonna get beat. Right? James Daniels. If he was, if J, if if Jason Peters was going against T.J. Watt, who the fuck do you think is gonna win that? Well, James Daniels is is highlighting like basically what you've said, we've been saying, Jackson. On this is the way Nagy runs his team in the sense of like you said, he overvaluates, and in his mind, every one of our players is going to do exactly what they need to do on every play. There's so, nothing worse. You're on than, an island. You're on an there's island. There's nothing worse than when coaches overvaluate their talent. You know, being a coach yeah. myself, like I remember, you know, like sitting in meetings before like oh this kid can go varsity and i'm looking at the other coaches and i'm like no he can't he's gonna get pinned in the first period and that's what would happen it's like Like, Nagy's thoughts were like everything like everything will work out but he's thinking like if everything was in a vacuum every receiver every receiver is gonna beat their db our quarterback's gonna make the right read everybody's gonna everybody's gonna hit their block Everyone's going to know what snap count we're on. You need to be able to adjust on the fly. Look at the Packers. uh, Jalen Johnson is covering Devontae Adams. The same series, they move him to the slot. There's there's adjustments. There's no halftime adjustments for the Packers. There's adjustments every play, every game. They, where they see, where they is the adjustment? Where is the adjustment? Yeah, where's the adjustment for Larry Borum? He's getting rocked. Come on, help him out. Not there's not there's no chips. He's we're just gonna go. Oh, we're gonna hope that you figure it out. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, George McCaskey, Matt Nagy, and Ryan Pace are the definite opposite of the guy I said, John Smith. Right? It's always someone else's fault. I I'm not gonna find a different way to win. Um. And, and that mentality has just cursed this franchise for years. It's they enable themselves. Yeah, you know, I, I it, it's great that we were able to fire Nagy, and I, I'm sure you, we were all surprised that Pace was announced so quickly after. I thought he'd be later in the day. Or the yeah, or like, and I know that yeah. there were some reports that he'll get a new position, whatever it is. So, I, I mean, I was happy that he was gone because I think we all were on the – all on the board of he should be gone as well. But now we still have McCaskey. We still have Phillips in the interview process. Now be, now comes the daunting task of finding two GM, positions, two positions, a GM and a head coach. And it's been a few days since they, or just one day actually, since they fired them both and names have come out both at the GM position and the head coaching position. Yep. Is there anyone that we're looking forward to interviewing? I have, I have a question before we go that route. All right, it's, for, it's for it's for both of you because I I have something in my mind as I was kind of thinking of this for the coach or the GM or you could do you could do both that's fine what is something it, it doesn't have to be a criteria yes it doesn't have to be a specific person and I can I can start if you need an example but what is something that is like a must you you need from that person whether it's a mentality whether it's something that they have in their resume whether it, you know what is a mentality that they have. Um, if you want, I could start, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Mine was, I want the coach. I mean, you know, obviously there's all this, you want the GM, whatever I want the coach when whoever, whatever coach we hire, I want them to 
already know who the offensive coordinator is. So they have like, a staff underneath. Immediately know it because if you are if you're a, a guy in the NFL who has aspirations to be a coach and you don't know who your offensive coordinator is, you're a loser because you haven't been talking about it. You don't have a plan. I need right. a plan. I need once the coach gets hired, I need to know who the offensive coordinator is because and I, I'm saying offensive coordinator because you never know with Deshaun Desai staying in DC, right? No, no, but to be fair, the offensive coordinator, you need to build this yes. team around Justin Phillips. I want he better, is he is the biggest draft pick since yeah. Walter Payton. Yeah. I want you to know like within a week, like it, it should be like we should already be hearing it in the interview process. Like as fans, we should already kind of know who your OC is gonna be. Like, I need you to have a guy. Like, if you don't have a guy already in mind, then get out. Get out. And that's the only right. thing with Brian Flores that's kind of iffy with me. I think he's a good candidate, but I'm like, you can't get that position right. I don't know. Yeah. Four there's there's a couple of things about Flores that that's worrying me that I read today. But So if you have any criteria like that, please I, go ahead. I'll go first. I think mine is the history of winning, right? They know how to win. They know how to win tough games when they're expected to lose. They are good in the fourth quarter at managing tight games. Um, I don't think they're always – I'd like coaches to be analytical, but they don't live and die by ana- analytics. You know, I think a person with good football sense and instinct. Um, you know, you look at great college coaches. You look at great NFL coaches. Um and they know how to win. And that, 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 I guess that asks my follow-up, does it matter to you in the NFL then or not? Um, so, like, Ryan Day is know, a good like candidate. Like, Ryan for Day, I think it's interesting. However, I think the problem I have with Ryan Day is that he gets the best recruits. In the, he gets the top five recruits all the time every year. And Ohio State is just such a good program where they can just pump out. And they just – they can beat teams – they can win the Big Ten on just talent alone, right? Yes. Do they struggle against like a Penn State or a Michigan or Michigan State or an Iowa once in a while? Yes. But most of the time they win those games, right? If you look at Ryan Well, you Day's just said you want a history of winning, and that sounds like you just yeah, said this I, guy I, wins. I know, but like sometimes <laughs> talent, talent. I'm fuck with you. College football, I think talent just gets you over the edge a little bit more in the NFL. Yeah, right? I Especially like so. when you're like in Ohio State. I think Nick Saban. I, obviously, he's never going to leave Alabama. He's a different than, yes, can he get the best recruits in the country because he's Nick Saban? But there's been so many times where you watch an Alabama game and he outsmarts coaches. I know Alabama lost yesterday, but there's been times where he'll like outsmart coaches where Alabama doesn't start off really well in a game and he'll use like a really good timeout or you know calm his players down and he's that different type of presence. Like It's the game scenarios where you can like regroup and win like i think day day would be i'm not opposed to day but i don't think day would work the best for the bears i yeah i think it's worth it giving him an interview but that's about it i think that i'm gonna just go with a gm like uh trait because you both picked head coaches and i think you both kind of hit the nail on the head of things that i'd want a head coach i would like a gm that has shown success in building uh, high quality players through the draft, not not just like late round flyers that pay Scott, but like, hey, your like, first your first your two first three rounds exactly. And I know yeah. that there's some there's a, a guy we'll probably talk about in a little bit has some proven like studs. I would love to have something like that where you like you're you're confident going into the draft saying, hey, our GM's gonna make a good pick here, 
even if it's like not who we're expecting. If we need a guard, but he drafts uh, a running back, you're like, okay, there's got to be a reason behind it. Like, I trust this guy. So I want uh, an experienced GM who is great in drafts. And then, I mean, you can't really tell this part because if, especially if it's been someone who hasn't been a GM before, uh, not to be not to overpay for any type of uh, transactions. Like, if you can think you can get someone for a, a first round draft pick, don't throw in an extra third or fourth don't overpay for uh any trades or anything like that but that, that'd probably be my uh trait in a gm that I, i'd like yeah i i would love to and you know you could like jim finks in the 70s and 80s and how he built that 85 team you know they they went through the draft right like and i think not throwing away picks and being a little tough in negotiation you know like the, the arm twister I mean, you have to build through the draft. I mean, even though you could be like the Bucks and get Brady and bring in Gronk and Antonio Brown and all that. Good, they still, good, good teams draft well. I mean, but they still, yeah, they still had pieces that were there before, like Mike Evans, their uh, that uh, lineman Jensen. Like they still have pieces that were there in the draft that they had to pick. So, right, Belichick can draft well with a thirty-second pick all the time. I mean, exactly. All right, so are we going into the the candidates that are rumored yeah, to be? Yeah, let's let's get these poor bastards out, you know, because they're going to be. Uh, <laughs> good luck dealing with the McCaskies. <laughs> well, I guess I guess maybe we should do GM because I think the list is shorter there, and then we can go into head coaching. But uh, the guy I was alluding to that I think you texted Jackson was Morocco Brown from the yep. Colts. He was previously yep. with the Browns and the Washington Football Team before that. Maybe he was the also Packers. with the Bears. Oh, yeah, and he started with the Bears. So, as I alluded to before, he was part of drafting Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard and all these quality picks that the, the He's, Colts had. So, the pick, the pick that stands out the most to me, Morocco Brown, I just looked this up. Yes, yeah, so you got Nelson, you got Leonard, you got Mac. Braden Smith. Yes. Braden Smith is his best pick. So, I heard this today. Braden was originally supposed to be, I think, like viewed as a guard coming into the draft. Um, and the, the knock on Braden Smith was that he has too short of arms. He's powerful, but he's too short of arms. Morocco goes, no, he's a right tackle. Moved him over to right tackle. Braden Smith has been pro bowler, just signed a four-year extension for $72 million. I mean, we just talked about, what, a week ago and two weeks ago that we need to build an offensive line, and it seems like this guy knows how to do that. That is the number one thing the Bears are going to have to do is build the offensive line. And if you have that eye to be like, no, he should be a guard, he should be the center, or whatever, a consistency of what it should be, I mean, Braden Braden Smith just got $72 million because Morocco Brown trusted him. And I don't know about you, but I did not get that sense of like football, like get, had that sixth sense of like this player. I'm drafting him because he would fit here from Ryan Pace. It was just like a oh, because no one knew who Ryan Pace was exactly, except, except for Sean Payton. Yeah, and like here's the thing, Morocco Brown. You know, he played big time college football at NC State. You know, I think that definitely does matter too. Especially if you're going to be sitting down with the guy as a player and he, he kind of knows what the hell you're going through and talking about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he looks, he looks like a football player still. He's Some a bear. That I took. Yeah. Like Ryan Pace he, looks he like is, that used car he salesman. Was there, he was there from 2001 to 2007. 
he saw obviously the, one of the three best bear teams of our lives, the 2001, 2005, and 2006 teams, and how they were built. You know who Ryan Pace reminds me of? He reminds me of that the 80s guy from Futurama, that episode. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, the... The stockbroker guy, guy. The stockbroker, like where's the suspenders? Oh yeah, yeah. That's your yeah. right. Like just like slick deals. Doesn't you just kind of like faking it to make it? Where I, I feel like biggest regret is that I have boneitis. <laughs> so I, but with I, the I, less cooler voice. Yeah, he's got got a froggy voice. So Mo I, Brown was one. I liked. Yeah, I thought that that was you know someone that I saw and read up on and really liked what I was seeing there. Um, See, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, we're going to go through a lot here if we're going to be giving them that good, a, good of a – I mean, who was a big one, that big splash day, that uh, Adolfo Mensa from the Browns? Yeah, he's up there. Um, the former GM of the Texans is going to be considered. I mean, he only drafted people like, you know, J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins. That, yeah, that seems like you know, they, to me. Yeah, they, they turned out pretty well for themselves. Did he draft uh, uh, Sean Watson, too? No, no, he was out in 16-17, so he just missed it. Um, I, and then, obviously, along with the Colts, you have the Ed Dodds guy that a lot of people are saying is pretty good, too. You know, I, I know the Colts kind of fucked up their playoff run. I think a lot of that's just coaching. but Well, and the Carson Wentz. I mean, that was shit. Yeah, I think... You know, that's a powerful team. You look at that offensive line, and there's two to three pro bowlers on that line. That's what you want to be. Yeah. Leonard's it's, a great linebacker, and Mack is a solid running back. Like, Isn't it funny how that – so Chris Ballard, I, Chris Ballard, I believe, is the GM for the Colts. Am I, am I right there? Yes, and he turned down the job with the Bears. Yes, and then now the Bears are looking at two possible candidates from the Colts organization. That's, just, that's like such a Bears move of like, we didn't get this guy that like – the first time around, so we're going to we'll try get their and, like, prodigies. Exactly, just like yeah. yeah, it's not good, Kevin. Yeah, GM, I'm like less. I'm not not worried, but, it, but like I think it might matter. More. I think Morocco Brown's a cool story. I he's he's easily on the the forefront for me. I wouldn't mind Rick Smith in the sense if he's done it before, right? You know, like that's one that I saw today that I was like, okay. And then, obviously, you see some cool stuff about the guys from the Browns, like Glenn Cook and that Adolfo Mensa, but I'm like, I don't know about any of those dudes. Um, a lot of people, again, are high on Ed Dodds. There's a Joe Schoen from the Bills. I don't know much about him. I, I definitely think what Kevin said, though, was like that sixth sense, that football sense of like, okay, I, is that it? He, I think we're all kind of hoping for Morocco Brown here. Yeah, just, yeah. just out of that. Unless someone else comes up and you're like, wow, that guy seems really good. I think out of the list that we've got. It always gotten seems so far, like Lewis Riddick is always like involved. Like everyone goes, oh, he wants to be the GM of the Bears every time he talks about him on Monday Night Football. I'm like, I never got that. I, yeah. I, I, he, he definitely is a Bears fan. Um, He's always mentioned, but never interviewed. I feel like everyone's like, oh, he'd be a good. He's got a good gig. He's got a good gig at a Monday Night Football. The problem is yeah. he hasn't worked in player personnel in years. Yeah. You know, he's not looking, he's not studying draft boards or film as much as probably, you know, the, the advisor. He's probably looking at more than the Bears have, let's be honest. But <laughs> I, I definitely think Kevin said that sixth sense of like, okay, if someone's taller or shorter, what, what weird 
niche thing this person does? How can that be still useful to the team? And how can we use that skill to their benefit? I think that's the key. Great. Well, and then and so, because building an offensive line is uh, that's know, the number one priority. We need like that's going to in my eyes and probably all three of our eyes is that's going to be if we were in this interview room, we that would be one of our questions. What what offensive linemen have you picked and how they pan out? I would yeah. just love to have a multiple years of not having someone like a Jamarcus Webb or uh, Gabe Karimi just to be like, what are you doing? I just a, a great solid offensive line for years would be just. Give me 10 Wonderful. years of Justin Fields in the same offensive line. Yeah. Or at least three or four. Like three of three of them. Yeah. Yep. I guess we can move on to at least the coaches. Coaches a little harder because obviously, and then again, we're early here, so we might be talking about factors. different we might be talking we about are, different we, dudes next We like week. guys who have a good pedigree that have NFL experience who can win. Yeah, I, I guess I, the only question I would really – because it's so early and there's been so many names that have come off, out of the names that you've seen requested for interviews, is there anyone that, like, is intriguing to you that you're like, oh, like, they're someone I would like to get to know more about? Or, or is anyone on the there's flip some side that I, that you're There's like, some that I don't no. want. Uh, yeah. uh, who, who's, who's someone that you're who's just like, you no. don't want? Yeah, we never Dan talk Quinn. about – Dan Quinn. You don't want Dan Quinn? Uh, couldn't win with – Matt Ryan and the Falcons uh, with a really good Falcons team. He did get there. He did get there. I understand it, but he bungled it so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just don't think that. And I think that his defense this year on the Cowboys is like, I think they're just lucky to be honest with you. Like you live and and die by. Yeah. Sacks. Yeah. I don't, you're not always going to have a DB with 11 interceptions or whatever. Diggs Diggs is also giving up the most yards. Yeah. I just, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that. Especially since like the bears this year did not do well with turnovers. If you're, if we're going to hire a defensive coordinator, like for our head coach, I want like to be like, you know, obviously we won't, but I want it to feel like a Vic Fangio defense, you know, like, Oh crap. Okay. We're, this is going to be a lockdown. And that's defense. the thing. I think the bears have the, the pieces to be a, a solid defense. I oh, don't, absolutely. I don't move to a four, three, I think you have to keep a person who's going to bring in someone with the defensive coordinator that's going to keep your three four just because the personnel you have. Well, and you know the time we did that with the Tressman transition didn't really work out so well. No, because you know Lance Briggs never played in a three four before. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, anyone else that we're talking uh, about, I mean, that we not, like or don't like. I mean, that was the only one for me that I'm was not like Ooh. crazy on Doug Peterson. I don't really like. I, it's crazy how he's kind of hanging in the wind there, you know. Nobody... Yeah, and he's he's got a Super Bowl. He beat us in the playoffs. Yeah, he he's won clutch games where he's been the underdog, but too much naggy, I think, in him. Um, now, obviously, I think he had an, a lot older team in Philadelphia, so that you know you might buy in a little bit better. Um, yeah, I, I'm not crazy about Doug. I gotta ask my Philly fans, my Philly friends about him. I mean, I like Brian Flores, I do, but the one red flag I have about Brian Flores, offense coordinator, offense coordinator didn't get along. With, I have two then. That one, the staff didn't like him, and he did not get along with the GM in the front office. If you're not, if you're not getting along with the GM in Miami, wait till you come to Chicago. <laughs> 
Yeah, he just he has that kind of like that. Uh, I definitely like, think it's that, dumb that he got fired though. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. He has that like yeah. hard like chip on his shoulder thing that I like in a coach. I do too. But, but I, do I just too. don't know if he's the perfect fit for the Bears. What the Bears need, like the leadership like, aspect. I he can is see, a young the, guy who is defensively minded, and like that's played well for the Bears historically. Yeah, I I, I like that, and I, I think he's the I think one. Flores, I, I think, think he's the one text. guy that I would bend my like little thing that I want from a coach. For, I would too. Uh, I think. The, I, I I think it's a huge red flag. But any other of these guys come in with like. Offensive coordinator concerns like Flores, I don't consider him, but I do think that Brian Flores could be and probably is in. Even though, I, like I said, it's funny because I said that's my criteria, but I still think he's right now. He's in the top three. Yes, I think he's in my t- top two or three. Um, I think with Flores, like I think the one thing that could help him, you know, I, I get that Miami kind of kicked him to the curb. And that's probably, you know, dirty politics there. Let's let's just be honest. You play Miami next year? <laughs> I think he's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder. Like, fuck you, Miami. I'm going to a team that's younger, that's got a lot of good cap space. Dolphins are pretty young, bro. They are young, and Waddle had a tremendous season. Um, well, and you also hear about the news that he wanted Herbert, and the, the GM said that, no, we're going to take Tua, so, like, and then you're seeing Herbert and ball GM out. for 20 years is pretty wild. Wait, that what is was that? Dreer, he's been with the Dolphins for 20 years. Yeah. Well, how That's many times crazy. Did the playoffs in that 20 years? <laughs> a couple times? Four or five? Yeah. Not even? Pretty wild. Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys in terms of uh, Flores. I would be, I would be happy if we had him. I'm not going to be upset if we don't get him. But I think that. that I think it's. I think it's an intriguing. Kev, are you on? The, are you on the Harbaugh train or what? You know, I am. I'm not off the train. I might be waiting at the station. Are we going to address the, Are we going to address the elephant in the room now, Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> uh, well, I, I have. Yeah. I have one. Uh, I have one quick uh, person that I don't want before we get into Harbaugh because I'm sure that'll take a while. Um, Leslie Frazier. We mentioned it in our text before. No. I'm not. I'm not mentioning anyone who is not a, who hasn't been a head coach before because that's kind of was one of my big criterias. He has been a coach before. Did not go well in Minnesota. The fact that the Bills have a great head coach and have had two coordinators that are getting head coach recognition right now, I just don't. I think that's just a outcome of them having great talent. A good team. Yeah, a good team. And I don't know something about Leslie Frazier and. Him being a bear, but previously he's he's owed an interview. Yeah, he's owed an interview, but I don't. I just don't think that he is what we need, especially being a defensive coordinator. Like, if we could go in a direction, to be fair to, if we're going to be fair to Leslie, like yeah. he was pretty young when he was the Vikings head coach, and like I think I definitely think sometimes like when you step back from head coaching and you you work your way back in, like a Nagy could be yeah. doing. Um, I agree. No, I, hope like, I hope there's some self-reflection. If we were going like, to... I, I don't think... I think Todd, Bal- Todd Bowles, though, would be say. a better pick than Leslie Frazier. That's exactly what I was going to say. If, like, if you had those two options with previous head coaching experience, I would rather take Todd Bowles just because, I don't know, I, I feel like he is done more... Todd Bowles, I think, also had a... Tar- Todd Bowles, like, those Jets teams were just bad. Rex Ryan left him with nothing on the Jets. Yeah, Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez as quarterback or... And an old defense. Congrats. 
All right, so I guess we all have we all pick someone that we're not really looking forward to. So the Harbaugh experience, I'm not for necessarily. Like, I'm, he's not my number one choice, but he's also not someone that I'd be like running out of town if he was our coach. Um, well, you can't that. because your resolution this year was to make sure yeah. that, that you you are going to be neutral about it. Yeah, I'm going to be. I'll be not overly excited, and I'm not going to be overly just upset whoever we get, but especially if it's Harbaugh, I will be just sit back. I'm going to, I'm going to try to follow your coattails here. I'm not going to be upset whenever we do get the hire, but I'm going to have guys that I want or want less. But as soon as it's hired, I'm going to just say, you know what? Let's let it, let, let's let it be. So are you, are you team? Are you up? Are you, I I wouldn't mind Harbaugh. I mean, I, I think he's a good coach. So I think that he'll get some, some fire out of some people and he's due for like, you know, that bullshit of not shaking the guy's hand, you know, Jim Shore, you know, like he's yeah. due, he's due for some, like some memeage. And I, and I he's, like, he's going to run, he's going to run the score and Pete Carroll. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I, I drink a lot of milk. I like that. I like his brother. I like, well, yeah. and I think he's like I feel like he'll call out ownership for being idiots too, just because like yeah, he has that. That's what cost him his job in San Francisco. Yeah. But I feel like the Bears are so loyal to ex players that like they'd be like if he, uh, if he's winning, they might be that's, like that's, they just no, called they the just called yeah, yeah they just called our uh, we'll, we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. I are you still anti Harbaugh, Jack? Or have you, you softened up on it? I'm gonna I'm softened up about it because he he. I re- remember when we did who we thought the most overrated people were in sports on this podcast, and I had Harbaugh on there. And they, they change your mind this year. You know they had a good team, and I think you know you got to step back, and I think you got to reevaluate you know your positions sometimes. And you know Michigan before Harbaugh, like I think we can all agree was just a disaster. Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke are just horrible coaches. Um, obviously Harbaugh finally beats Ohio State that's big Um, he does cross off a lot of my like he probably gets the most checkoffs and I hate that and I hate saying that like he's got a history of winning right he did it as soon as he left as soon as he left that Niners team was nothing but connection connection to Fangio that's another thing. He, right he there. crosses off every single one of my lists. Think of the team programs he's turned around. Stanford, right? He turned them from a horrible team to a top 25 team, and they won a few bowl games under him. He takes the Niners. They were shit before he got there. Takes, takes them Colin to, Kaepernick, who's not even good in terms to a, of good. To, They barely lost the Super Bowl. They were yeah. one play away from winning the Super Bowl. And they go to three NFC title games. He goes 4-0 against Green Bay. Goes, I think he would check my box in the sense of I think Jim Harbaugh would would know and have someone lined up as an offensive coordinator. He, yes, he goes to Michigan. They are a top fifteen team. They finally win the Big Ten. You know, whatever uh, you know that Georgia team was special this year. I turn around three programs in a row like that, like it's like shit. He's a Midwesterner. He understands that we like to run the ball, smart quarterback play. There's no shot. Sense. There's no shot that he would have passed the ball on four fourth and ones if he was our head coach. Now with Montgomery. No. 
Unless and I in- love I love the the cargo pants. I love it all. I love- the, that's the thing I hate about him. I think the ego just drives me insane. Like I, I love I, it. I think NFL players because his brother his brother is like a better that. coach. I think they love it too. I think they think that he's just you know he's or just he's, he's a meme of one, it himself. It's just what was great. that one video of him when he got to uh, Michigan the first year? Like he was challenging a walrus to push up contests at the zoo. Like, and, dude, he is—he's like Belichick. He'll be very Belichickian in the sense of just like l- when you listen to like part of my. See, I don't think he'll be more Belichicky. I think he's more like Parcells. Well, I'm just saying in the sense of like he knows what he's doing, and it's how it's how it's funny to the players in the sense of like Jules, like Edelman always talks about how he's just you know like the the snap face and the and the uh, snap book or whatever that Bel- Belichick would always say. He was just like he'd always be like he knew what he was saying. He knows what he's doing. You know, what I mean, like he knows. All yeah, this shit I, is I, is firing people up. Is making people going like I, I definitely like, think he, he is a he is a modern day close enough to Bill Parcells if he gets a championship, right? I and mean, he he is a bear. He was a first round draft pick by the Bears. You know, he idolized Mike Ditka and George Hallis, and he wasn't just, a bad. He, he wasn't a he, terrible bear. Bear. If he gets offered back. by the Raiders and us, he takes the Raiders, right? See, I don't know. I really don't know. Because the Raiders aren't in Oakland, and he could say like he has ties to the, you know, the Northwest or the Northern California with Stanford and San Francisco, and I think he would love to twist it. If if the Raiders were still in Oakland, I think it'd be different because then he could really twist it to San Fran, right? Be like, hey, I went across the river. Fuck you. I think being in Vegas might be different, but Vegas I think has so much money they could just throw it at him. But the Bears are where his, his home is, and that's that's the interesting thing. I mean, the the, the last thing I'll say about just kind of like future GM and coach talk for now is that if the if the one of the GMs that we like in Mo Brown could pair us with a great Morocco offensive Brown. line, or yeah, or Morocco Brown, Mo Brown, Morocco Brown. I like it, Mo, Mo Brown. I like Mo Brown. Out. Sounds like a cooler name. I will say that if he can get that success in drafting offensive line and getting that together pair that with someone like a Harbaugh who can run oh, the ball man. bears. I mean, that's just like, cause you could still win today's game, like running the football. Like, let me look at the Titans, but like, I, I also entrust Harbaugh and like, not just being so run heavy. He can actually call an offense. Like he was able to with the 49ers. I mean, think about it. He had some really good Michigan teams. Guess who he couldn't beat Justin Fields, you know, yeah. He couldn't beat Justin Fields for two years. You give him a Justin Fields, you know, and like obviously he's gonna he obviously he realizes that Justin's the most important piece in the offense and you know, you have a very good running back and you have hopefully potential in your offensive line and you know he's gonna hopefully make those adjustments. But you know, he had Kaepernick and Kaepernick was pretty good his t- tenure in uh well, the I mean, they- with under Harbaugh and Fields is bigger. And has a better arm than Kaepernick. Yeah, look at that roster. I mean, mobile quarterback, and I think that Fields has a way better potential than Kaepernick. Yeah. I believe was Gore their running back back then still. So like. Yeah, and he was old. He was still yeah, old so at like, that point. Uh, 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 running back that could eat up carries and get you big chunk yards, God a grinder. Damn it. My team Harbaugh now. Son <laughs> of a think, bitch. I think we might be talking you into it. But. I mean, we'll he does. Go. He does cross off a lot of the boxes, and I hate saying that. Like I. Fucking hate the reason that. why 
I think Harbaugh's a good hire is because he won't be a bad hire. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, there's there's no way that a Harbaugh pick would be something that crashes and burns and has to be fired after a year. No, you where, get, you where get least, some of these other guys three could years. be that. Yeah, some you of these other guys. Three years with him. Somebody else could be worse, and it's just like I'm not saying hey, it's Harbaugh and then Super Bowl. I'm just saying it's not going to be Harbaugh and then we're ass. Like yeah. that, that's right. that's that's the reason why I I lean towards it. I mean, here's the thing: Harbaugh is going to draw so much media attention. Get ready for more Sunday night and Monday night games. I'm fine with that. Really? Because two weeks ago you two weeks ago you said I'm tired of Monday night and Sunday night games. Dude, we're not gonna get more. Yes, we will. You kidding me with Jim Harbaugh? It doesn't matter. The Jim Harbaugh and the Bears. Yes, you might get the same amount. You might get the same amount. I I will say this: the toughness and the attitude. I think can Jim Harbaugh make adjustments? Can he not always, you know? piss off the management and like his own ego getting his way. You know, that's something he's going to have to learn how to do going back in the NFL. Um, you know, and does he bring back like a Vic Fangio or does he work with Sean Desai? And I know last week we talked a lot about Sean Desai. We, you know, we're kind of like on the fence. Like, I don't think he deserves to get straight up fired unless they bring back Fangio maybe. But you know, Desai, are they giving Desai an interview? I don't think so. I, I, I think feel, he's too, he might be too young. I feel like Harbaugh will have he'll be one of those coaches. No, that I'm saying like a his, like a interview, just like you know, I mean, not from good for good faith, just like yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: if he if Harbaugh takes a let's say Harbaugh gets it, you know, he's going to reach out to Fangio and ask him about Sean Desai. Right, and Fick might be like, no, he's the real deal. I, again, I, I definitely crosses, he crosses my box because he, you know he will have an offensive coordinator. He's not going to get paired with a Bill Lazor. He will have an offensive coordinator. He'll have somebody. Yeah, yeah. And, like and he, I, as soon as he gets hired, he'll be linked to, like, three offensive coordinators. Like, you know it. So that's kind of where I'm at. And another box that, like, I would, wasn't necessarily thinking about until now – I know I'm. Not, I mean, I know coaches will always kind of make mistakes during a game just because there's so many decisions being made. But I'm not going to have to worry about all these dumb mistakes, calling a timeout when you don't need to, or not calling a timeout, or, or having all these free snap penalties. A, yeah, getting a penalty after a timeout. I do not foresee that with a Jim Harbaugh coach. The team, only right? problem you got to have with Jim Harbaugh is yeah, him getting thrown out of the game. Yeah, it's the it's yeah. the ego part. Yeah, it's the ego part. I mean, I'm going to try to come home this year for a game. Um, I know my girlfriend wants to go to a Bears game. So it would, uh, it would be kind of entertaining to see Harbaugh, like, kick up clipboard are we playing, on the sideline. Are, are we playing in Washington? No, Washington is coming to wow, that's Chicago. Oh, I would have gone. Yeah, I would have gone. Tickets you, might fall probably... out, you might fall out of the stands if you go to the Yeah, uh, or have a piece field. of cement or a pipe <laughs> burst above my head. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we've got to end it with the uh, good old uh, our owner thinks uh, our players are liars. Oh, my God. Well, I, I think I, before that started, I saw a tweet by Jerry Zoom and Peanut Tillman who were saying that they need to have an office for alumni to help 
consult ownership of what players think. Oh yeah, you you texted both of us and we were like, wow, that makes too much sense. And this was on what Saturday? Two weeks ago. It was like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. No, you said. I think you actually sent it to us like on Wednesday night last week. It might have been. Yeah, times yeah. are relevant. Times are yeah. relevant. Yeah, and I was. We were like, oh, that would be awesome and stuff. Well, our owner just spit into the face of all the alumni. <laughs> and like you, it's such an organization that has so many players that seem like they want to come back and help and be a part of the organization, and then you just get the pencil neck geek saying, no, that didn't happen. No, you're. You, we don't want you. Mommy told me no. We offered you a job and you didn't take it, so we don't want you back. Well, I guess and. Do you know what's weird? Olin called Harry Heastan the day of, and he also called Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace, after a few hours after he just got canned. So, you know, good on Ryan Pace for, like, manning up on that. But, you know, and to be, like, obviously more information will come out. Um, and it sounds like it was more of, like, a summer internship with that, and that's usually the going rate on that. But you can't bend the rules to, like, a bare favorite in Olin Krutz and possibly a Hall of Famer in the next 10 years. Like the optics of it just look bad. The political optics just look bad. And even if you did it or not, why don't you just like do what you did the entire conference and deflect everything? But no, yeah. you decided you decided to answer you, it and then you, you decided know, to double down. Even if you didn't know the answer, right? And I, I, I don't know if George actually knew or not, or cared or whatever. That may not be his role. Yeah, absolutely. You just did. say, "I don't know, I don't know," and that's the end of it. Or I will get back to you with an answer. Like all of us have done that before. Like he said to you know, he said, "Hey, you know, take what he says with a big grain of salt." And then he doubled down on it you and know, said, "You need to get the I full listen, story." I listened to Owen Cruz's podcast and Jason McKee's podcast. And Olin's like, dude, I've only talked to you like four times in my life. Like, what benefit does Olin have to lie about a situation like that? He's got, yeah, he's, he's made. <laughs> he's got six kids and like two of them are going to play at Illinois. And at one point, George McCaskey basically signed the check, basically making Olin Cruz the highest paid center in the NFL. No, George, so you see, that's the issue. So Olin's last year was 2010. Mike was still running the team. Mike didn't take over until 2012, 2013. Owen was already gone. He went to New Orleans. So, like, the only interaction he had with with George was, like, getting – because George used to run the ticket department and stuff like that, was to get tickets for family members to come in for the game. And now he runs this organization. Now he runs the organization. The guy selling cotton candy and pouring beers is now selling – is now – the head yeah. of a charter franchise in the NFL. Right. The what? The fifth most profitable <laughs> NFL team in the NFL? Something like that? You just look at him and you're like, you have no business being anywhere near a football field. Well, at the very know. beginning of the podcast, when you were saying, like, how is he someone who's been around football, like, not know anything about football? It's because he was playing, like, Simon or, like, Operation while there was a football game going on. He's probably in the skybox just Think about re- this. reading a book or writing in his journal when everyone else is watching the game. Think about this. His grandpa was a Hall of Fame player, coach, and manager. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I think, you know, I was listening to Olin a few hours ago, and he said, like, you know, someone asked him, like, do you hate the Chicago Bears? And he goes, of course not. He goes, 
The McCaskies, to me, are not the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are the fans in the stadium. They are Brian Urlacher. They are Gary Fensick. They are Jeff Joniak. They are, like, the equipment manager. They are that's they are the residents of, you know, the Chicagoland area. Like, that's the Chicago <laughs> Bears. And I'm like, they're not the McCaskies. And I'm like, damn. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> sorry. Oh my god. Sorry. I just put it in the chat. There's uh the the episode where D is uh I don't even know what she is in that, but D from It's Always Sunny has got like a mustache on and stuff, looks just like Dorothy <laughs> Oh my god, does she really? Uh, oh, look at the image. Yes, she if you does. just had a pair of like wireless glass or glasses. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's who's running. That's who's running our our franchise that's, right now, that's, gentlemen. That's who's taking all my money. We'll tweet it out. Oh, uh, wow. Well, I mean, I feel like we gotta we gotta end on that. Just a little up note, <sighs> getting a little laugh. Other, if you don't do that, we're just gonna go back down a spiral of. Yeah. Pity. Um. And again, if you if you've made it to this point in the podcast, we definitely understand that you know bear season's over. Um. But the podcast isn't uh we'll continue on do not worry it's not going to be us just bitching and moaning about the bears for an entire off season we got some fun stuff in the pipeline for you but uh we'll be covering the play- we'll be covering the playoffs oh yeah and we'll definitely be on the uh we'll definitely we'll be on the coaching search that's definitely going to give us some content for sure but definitely expect some fun things on the uh team bear sports podcast let me ask you this. I, have, I have two questions who are you cheering for in the playoffs and who is your upset pick of the week? Ooh, I like that. Um, who do I so cheering as in like can I say someone can I say someone who I want to win, but like probably isn't going to? You could say that, or you think like they're a cool team. Like, you know, I want coach. I want either of the two AFC teams, either the Raiders or the Bengals, I want either of them to win the whole thing because we Because the Bears them. beat them. That's, that's, that's I hate that they're facing each other week one. But yes, yeah. I want that. We beat two playoff teams. I want them. Um, I, 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 you know, I've watched a couple of Raiders games. Um, after all the bullshit that they dealt with, and Derek Carr being a cool dude, I'm pulling for those guys. Um, who's their uh, Who's their defensive end? Uh, Max Crosby. Yeah, that guy's a good story. Yeah, he's awesome. And yeah. so if it wasn't uh, for TJ Watt, he might get defensive player of the year. Yeah, I. I will be probably leaning towards the Raiders uh, for the AFC. Um, that's who I'd like to win. And then NFC, anyone who's not the Packers, right? But no, I'll have to save the Cardinals for my wife. So oh, There you go. I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I'm going to go with the Bengals just because I think Joe Burrow is awesome. And uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all the weapons they got. I think it's a, oh, they're yeah. a fun team to watch. So they're my they're team that I'm rooting for. And then the upset – if I had to pick one, I think the Niners can beat the Cowboys. I feel like the Cowboys just. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do my upset. But what, honestly, go ahead. What's your upset? I I really do think I think that the I think that Kyler's going to beat the Rams. Okay. Just because okay. Matt Stafford has been doing some shit that the past month and a half he's yeah. been bad. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like the Titans. You know, I think that's who the Bears should kind of mold themselves after. Um. You know, I, the, Derek Henry keeps, you know, putting pictures of him in the weight room and running sprints and like, oh, shit, he's aw- like, he's awesome. I had a time hop uh, thing on my Facebook and I said, Derek, 
like from last year is like Derrick Henry looks like he was able to buy beer at like 12 years old. Like, I think he's one of my favorite players to watch. I'd love to see the Titans at full strength. Um, they were six and three this year without Derrick Henry, which is amazing. You forget them um, just because like they have that first round buy, and then like you forget because you don't think they should have that first round buy. They were six I mean, and two when Henry got hurt, and they went six and three when he got hurt and was out. So that's remarkable. Like, wow, Mike Vrabel, good coach. Like AJ Brown, and AJ Brown was also hurt for like four weeks, and they still found ways to win. So great testament to their coaching staff and the good players. I'm cheering for the Titans. Um, my upset pick, I'm with Kevin. I think the Niners are hot right now. Like, that defense is... Cowboys didn't, didn't look, haven't looked good. They didn't look again good against Cowboys the Cowboys have not looked good for the past two weeks. Um, I mean, they beat, and they beat the, the, Washington. Red, the They beat the Washington football team by a million, but, I mean, they're not very good anyway, so... Right, right. Another reason why I'm hoping Cardinals win is because if, if the Cardinals win and I'm assuming Tampa's just going to beat the Eagles, right? Then the Cardinals play against the Packers. And the last time the Cardinals played the Packers, the Packers were out of the playoffs. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, even though Green Bay beat them this year. But I think oh, yeah. Philly I think Philly can give Tampa a game just because how well they run the ball. Um, but I think definitely the Niners-Dallas, I think what's kind of cool about that game, it's kind of like an old-school old throwback to the, like, the Oh, 80s. you knew as soon as it was as it was, it was – as it was going to be that way, I was like, that's the Sunday night game. Is it the Sunday night game? I, I'd be shocked if it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, the, yes, because there's – wait, isn't there six games? No, I thought it was like the Saturday. It is How many, wait, games. wait, there's two games on Saturday. I thought it was the Monday night game. No, the Monday night game is the Cardinals-Rams. Are you sure? Positive. Kev, pull that up. Positive. Uh, Sunday night game is Steelers-Chiefs. Wow, close. Niners Cowboys is afternoon. Eagles Bucks are morning on Sunday. Yeah, Monday's Cardinals. Is there Rams. three games on Sunday then? Three games on Sunday. Okay. And yeah, there's, there's, like three on, there's three on Saturday. Or there's what do you think Saturday? about? Do you think the Patriots can beat the Bills? Two on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. I think they can. It's a divisional game. I think it. Yeah. Like you think they, they can, can or like for sure you? I think like, that's the biggest. I think that's the second biggest toss-up game. Behind well, that's Raiders a toss-up. Bengals. That's a toss-up to you. Uh, the Bang- Bengals Raiders. I think, I think the, I think the Bills are getting hot right now. They're hot. If we're talking about the yeah, but I think you know Patriots are still a good team. I think the I think the Bills will win. Um, I think if they weren't in the same division, it might be different. But since their division yeah. foes, they'll be played. It's tough. not like the Patriots were a bad team this year. Yeah, I definitely think I think the NFL missed an opportunity to have San Francisco Dallas as the Sunday night game. That's an old school rivalry. Yeah. Like Well, first... here's here's the thing though. Oh, I guess this is why CBS. It's CBS, so Romo will be doing it. That's Oh, that's right cuz CBS and Fox no longer have the true NFC AFC schedule anymore. So NBC, NBC well, the, the Raiders so. game they're having Drew Brees. Yeah, he'll do it with Mike Tirico, I take it. Yep. That's going to be – that's their new – that's their new groomer. So. Well, I mean, our, for, uh, am, am I our, our buddy Andrew said old-school rivalry reunited Niners-Cowboys. I don't think any of the players even know about it. No, but the fans do. Yeah. 
All righty. Well, we will see. We will see. That'll wrap up. That'll wrap up the Team Bear Sports Podcast. Always catch our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. Feel free to tweet us at Team Bear Podcast on Twitter. And even though there's no bears this week, you still got to stay bear down. Bear down. Go bears. Go bears. Thank you. Thank you. And go bears. <laughs>